Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where women share personal stories of God's love. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy. And today, we are doing something a little bit different. We have a story from Delphine that was actually shared very early in our podcast. And we decided to bring it back. Marriage right now continues to be something that people want to hear. It's something that many of you are struggling with. And Delphine's story is amazing on walking through a divorce. Mm -hmm. And so we just felt like the time was now. And I also want to tell you a little bit of why we're doing a repost this week. And that is because this is Robin and my daughter had surgery last week. And so it was just a time for us to take a little bit of a breather and bring back a story. Stories never get old. They never get dated. And so it's time to bring back a story that was really powerful. And also, I would appreciate your prayers for our family as we just walk through her healing process Mm -hmm. over the next few weeks. Absolutely. You know, and I think, too, we have so many new listeners out there that haven't heard a lot of our older stories. They are incredibly powerful, like Delphine's. I mean, I know, you know, I had already listened to it, but listening to it again, you always pull out more truths, more Mm -hmm. reminders of God's love and His faithfulness. And that's exactly what she does. She's a beautiful teacher in how she tells her story. So I really think you're going to enjoy it. And one quick thing is that she does want her children's names anonymous. So you're going to hear some some pauses throughout, especially the beginning of the story Mm -hmm. when she's introducing herself and her family. And so just know that we are honoring her request for some privacy. And so... Just, just know that that's so what's going on. So if you hear some, some just blank space, <laughs> yes. that's what that is. And here is Delphine's story. Morning. So y'all, I'm, um, like, I work at Daxco and one of the, I speak for Daxco. And so I'm fairly used to speaking, but then when Dawn and Robin were like, would y'all do this? Would you do this? And it felt like they're asking me to run naked in Jordan hair. It was like, I don't know. Um, so I, I am a pretty much a, a private person. Um, and this, so I've, you know, I've just been praying about this, praying about this. And it's a story that so many of us are going through. And I was like, okay, I just need to do it. Just need, she put some Instagram posts out there this week. I don't know if y'all saw them, but it was like, okay, still doing it, still doing it. And then this morning, I mean, just to show you that if you listen, God is always around you this morning. I got my, um, just in the devotional it was, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleans us, cleanses us from all sin. So it just was like, okay, I'm going to go in the light literally. Um, and we're just going to talk about this and see how it goes. So I'm going to start off with, um, just kind of what this story is about. It's, it's, um, it's a lot about fighting, um, fighting your instincts, fighting your pride, fighting what you, um, kind of that sin in all of us wants us to do versus what we should do. And it's also fighting to fulfill God's will instead of just plugging forward with our own. Um, we think we know it's best for us. Maybe that's just me. Um, but he's definitely got a plan for us and we just have to listen to it. So there's three key th- choices that, um, I heard him talk to me in my life and, um, around this, everything that was happening and it it was just listening and being ready to listen. Um, and so I'll just kind of talk about how I went through that space. So I'm Dolphin. I've got, he is 11. Oh, he's friends with some of your boys here caused trouble. I'm sure. Um, and then I'm also mom who she is eight and she is and she is my honey badger. She's feisty as all get out. And I love every bit of that. 
I am a divorced mom, a working mom, and a single mom. Um, and those are kind of the labels that I've put on myself. And um, I think we all have something that we say about ourselves. And that's kind of, that's what I said about myself. And I still have days where I say that about myself. I grew up overseas. My mom's a Frenchie. My dad's American. Um, she, um, we moved to the States when I was in high school. It's was, has always was me, my brother and my two parents. We were incredibly close. We traveled everywhere together. Um, long car rides, long plane rides. We were just a very close family. So for me, family is incredibly important. Um, I put a ton of value in, you know, God placing a group of people together and you just stick through things, the tough, um, the easy, and you just kind of plug away at it. So family is incredibly important to me. Um, my mom is very difficult. She is, um, she grew up, she's about 84. She was an older mom and she grew up during World War II in North Africa. Um, a lot of the French people went to North Africa and Tunisia right before the war to kind of get away with, from what was happening. And, um, so really with her, it's a lot of tough love. Um, I think, I mean, she has the stories of the war where they were listening to hidden radios. She had some, a family upstairs hidden, um, from the Nazis. They had Nazis come to their door, um, bombs on the beaches, the whole nine yards. So she's got an incredible story from that. She was, she got tough, right? Like that's not an easy life. And so, uh, she was very determined that, um, I would be prepared for a tough life. Um, and sometimes that's a little tough when you're a kid, you're not really understanding why you need to be that tough. Um, even at, 40 something. I still don't know why I need to be that tough, but anywho, so her critical love did make me stronger. Um, but it was hard love. Um, my dad, it was my absolute everything. Like he and I were two peas in a pod. He totally got me. He knew my, he just knew me. He encouraged me. Um, there was nothing I couldn't do in his eyes. So I had, that was a wonderful balance. So religion played a really strange role in my world. My, both my parents grew up Catholic. My mom had really horrible stories about being Catholic in boarding schools. Um, and so they kind of pulled away from organized religion. We traveled a lot internationally. So whenever we traveled, they would tell us about Buddha or Mohammed or whatever the religion was of that country. And they were very conscious about religion not being hate and religion religion being love. In that story, I think it was great that they did that. But in that story, what happened is I didn't really have a definition of being a Christian. And I didn't really know. It was like it was a bunch of stories. So I knew Jesus. I knew Mohammed. I knew Buddha. And I, I knew that to me, they all existed. But I think it's safe to say, I kind of ended up atheist. Not kind of, I did. I'm just going to say it. So for a long time, there was just no religious background um, other than knowing the story. We moved to the States in high school. I went to a super small private school. Um, In our English class, the first time I ever opened the Bible. Um, and that was really because we were studying it as like a key piece of literature, not because we were learning the Bible. So that was my first really like, oh, so this is what the two dots mean. This is how I actually like go to these books and find these passages. Um, so when I was in high school, um, my dad got cancer. And if you remember, he is my everything. So that was, um, it's really difficult. He fought for a long time. Um, and then my mom kind of unhinged. Um, that was really, so through high school, um, college, I kind of, my parents were very strict, but I kind of raised myself, if that makes sense. Like I knew I had to be home by 10, but 
you know, like navigating some of those high school waters and like the girl drama and all that crap. I just kind of did on my own. I hope y'all are going to edit some of these words. (laughs) Just kind of comes out. So I ended up at Auburn. Absolutely loved it. It was totally not, I mean, everybody was wearing duck heads and bow belts and that was not like what I was used to, but I fell in love with it. Had the best time. Um, I moved to Birmingham. I moved around a little bit after that and I ended up in Birmingham and that's where I met my husband. Um, I am for, well, my ex-husband, I'm forever grateful to him and I want everybody to hear this clearly. I'm forever grateful to him because he's really the one who started my journey towards Christ. He is the one that was like, um, I want you to know him. I want you to understand him. I want you to know why he's so important to me. And he got me um, and understood that he couldn't pressure me, but he would leave books around the house for me to like read and understand. And it was like, y'all, I'm such a nerd. It was like about astrophysics and like, how could this world be with a God and all this stuff? And so that's, that's what it took to me. And um, whenever you're dealing with somebody who's atheist, there's different ways of doing it. But I will tell you the one thing that never will work is by saying, just believe, just believe. It's faith. Just believe they'll get to that point. And that's where I got, which is where I read everything and was like, you know what? There's a lot here, but ultimately I just feel it. So that's just a little bit of guidance. It's like a little sad story. Um, so my father died. Um, that was absolutely, um, that was really hard during, I was there when he died, um, in the hospital with him. And when I watched that incredible man of who he was. Um, and then I saw the body that was left behind. That's when I knew there was God. And that's when I knew I believed in Christ. And it's, and to me, that's God's hard love, right? Like something like that, somebody who is so much of an anchor for me and that's how I find them. Um, that's hard, but that was, it was good. Um, because it just changes so much. Um, and then it was also, he fought hard and it was time for him to go and be in heaven and enjoy his time. Um, so through all that, I'm, you know, I'm going to randomly throw out some passages that just kind of meant a lot during that time frame. So for then it was Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thought that I think towards you thoughts of peace, not of evil to give you an expected end. So during that time, you know, I, that was my one anchor. And I thought, well, holy crap, who am I going to use to lean on? Like who's there? And, um, my ex was in my life and, you know, tried to be supportive, but if you're a daddy's girl, you know what that feels like. And so, but I knew through, having started reading the Bible and building that relationship that I knew there was more. This was just a piece of it. So fast forward, I end up getting married. I have those two um, little crazy people. Um, We live just like all y'all do diapers, bottles, school, sports, more sports, dance, gymnastics, just everything that distracts you. Um, And then I heard God ask me to make my first of kind of what I see as some defining choices. Um, got hurt. So he was playing in the backyard and opened a gate and you know, that latch, don't ever let your kids climb a gate. It literally went up into his leg, up into his thigh. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, (laughs) and, and so when I took him to the emergency room, his dad showed up and I was sitting there and I was so traumatized from like looking into your kid's leg and seeing the bone, like just that feel you replay that and just seeing that. And, and so, um, sitting there, I realized if something really happens, like if he, if, if something like the stories that have been told in this room truly happens where I lose him or I lose 
I don't, I'm not equipped to handle this. I don't have the tools to get through this. And it's unfair for me to lean on my husband to make him heal me, right? Like we, we do support each other, but it's, it's more like a teepee. You've got to support each other. One person can't be weak. And then the other person while they're trying to heal, push themselves up, if that makes sense. And I knew that I had to get a backbone. Um, I needed something that was going to be way stronger to get me through these tough moments that could happen. And I didn't have that. I had been watching Dawn who had started going through just an amazing journey. And I could literally, um, feel God and words come out of her that when she and I were moms with newborns, those were not the words we were using. (laughs) And so I went to her and I said, this is what happened. I need to figure out how to rebuild this relationship. So I had it when I first came and then life happens and you kind of move away. Like you lose that, that just that, that voice in your body. I don't know. That's the only way I can describe it. And so I went to her, I was like, I need the voice back. This is what I figured out. I I feel like I need to learn. And so she guided me down a few paths of like, here, here's how to rekindle that love and that connection and that relationship. Um, so I did that about a year later is when my marriage started crumbling. Had I not made that choice, um, you know, when you look back at your journey in life, you see, yeah, y'all, did y'all ever watch Sliding Doors? Best movie ever. I just rewatched it too. Anyways, you see all these paths that kind of jut out. Um, and that I see is like a key moment of what happened. So about a year later, my marriage started crumbling. Um, my husband and I were best friends. We didn't fight. We had in everybody's eyes and even our own, I thought the the best relationship. What I didn't know was, um, I, you know, at the time I felt like it happened in an instant that we fell apart. But what I didn't know was that it had been happening over the years. So over the years, we had just like cracks in our marriage. And through those cracks, darkness is going to find its way. And darkness hates families. And darkness hates that love that is in a home. And so darkness kind of just came into our house. Um, And it was my fault as much as it was any of his fault. It was if you don't pay attention to that relationship, that darkness is going to come through. And then when you're trying to fight that darkness, when it's already in, it's a really tough road. So I, you know, one thing I would just encourage everybody to look like where, where are your weak spots and just go fix them. Because once those weak spots are highlighted, it it's, it's just, it's so tough to overcome that. And so, um, we got complacent. Our communication was mostly about hard stuff. You know, when you're like, well, I'm pissed off because he's not picking up his socks. Um, you know, that stuff just builds up. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, I'm pissed off at her because she can't cook for crap. And then it just all the stuff that happens. And then your marriage just is like, okay, well, that's not going well. Um, so it was really time for the second choice that God gave me. Um, the marriage was not going to work. Uh, we tried for a long time. Um It was tough. A lot of you in this room were with me on that journey. A lot of you didn't know you were with me on that journey. A lot of you had your kids in my children's lives that gave them comfort um, and steadiness, and y'all never knew it. And so I'm grateful um, for the role y'all played. And then some of you in this room were fighting along with me, um, just making sure that everything was going to be okay. So the second choice that God gave me was um, fear and hurt tends to bring out the worst in our characters. 
Um, it's like you're being attacked and you just kind of want to become an armadillo and curl up and you're just going to kind of defend yourself. I feel that fear and hurt are really the strongest tools um, our enemy has to divide and destroy us as people. Um, it's everybody's Achilles. Um, and I think it's really there to destroy relationships, not just marriages, but friendships um, and family relationships. So when you're scared and you feel wrong, the very first thing you want to do is hurt somebody back. So through any process like that, you just want to make the other person feel the pain that you're feeling. Um, you you want to be right, too. And that's um, that's not really fair. So I'd, I'd watch people become consumed by anger, um, become kind of a shell of themselves through this anger. Have you ever seen those people where you're like, you're just living angry there and they're, the real you is in there somewhere, but that anger is all that I see. And I knew for a fact that was not who I wanted to become. I did not want to be that angry, bitter person. Um, I didn't want to be self-righteous. I didn't want to let those dark thoughts kind of consume me. Um, what I kept hearing from God at that time was evil's taking your family. Evil's taking your marriage, um, but it will not get you. And it will absolutely, absolutely not get your kids. Um, and that was kind of what I kept telling myself is, this happened and I can let it consume all of us and really screw some things up and screw their lives up, but it's not getting my kids. Um, so whatever I could do to protect them from the anger and make this as easy as I could, um, that's what I decided to do. So I fought for myself. I fought for my children and I, I even fought for my ex. Um, I, I would pray for him. I would pray for, um, the process and it's amazing when you pray for somebody that you're so angry with, um, and I'm sure he was angry with me too, but if you pray for somebody that you're so angry with, um, there's just something that happens. Um, and I would pray for him to have an understanding and to, to kind of minimize that hate as well so that we could come to the table. Um, and so the decision I made was Ephesians 6.10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil schemes. So y'all, this is how cheesy I am. I would literally stand in front of the mirror and picture myself putting on an armor, putting on a helmet. And like I was truly going to battle because every day it felt like a battle against myself of what I really wanted to do versus what was good for my kids and good for me and good for the futures. And so the process of divorce is extremely ugly. The legal system um, and really some lawyers exploit it and they make it to where it's incredibly combative. Um, if you're going through this process today or you think it's about to happen in your future, I implore you to find the lawyers in town that are the ones that will fully support you, but will not tear you apart and not make it scorched earth. There are some lawyers that you will see because they are just driven a different way that they will drive you to do things that you should never do. Um, so I implore you to pick the right people in your lives to help you um, just not make it even worse than it already is. You, the very process of it um, makes you feel scared financially as women, how in the world am I going to afford to do the life that I've had? How am I um, 
how am I going to be just, just a person, just me, just single again? Um, but you will know the difference when you're going through that process. And I pray that nobody in this room is going through that process. You will know because you'll feel hollow inside by the evil and the anger that um, some of the actions they're trying to get you to take. If you're doing the right thing, you will be nervous. You will be scared. You will think there's no way I'm going to be able to to stay financially stable or do what I want to do for the kids, but you will feel good. You will feel right and your heart will be at peace. Um, And so just sit and live in the fear. Um, During that, when I would be scared about future, um, I like, I, I'm very, I like looking into the future and I like feeling stable. That's kind of like my weakness. Um, some might call it controlling. Um, so I felt like he was saying, I've made you strong and I will provide. I have built you to where you've got a brain, you've got four legs, you can go freaking shop at shipped, you can go do Uber, like whatever happens, you will survive and this will be okay. So, um, ultimately the decision I made with my full armor suit on was I was not going to take out my pain on my children's father. Um, that was going to lead to the destruction of all of us. The legacy of sin is real. Um, our children reap this. This is what broke my heart. Our children reap the pain of our poor choices. They have no choice about being brought into this world. And I'm the adult. And if I don't protect them from my poor choices, it just makes me sick to think that just because I screwed up as an adult, my kids pay. They're the ones that have to shuffle from house to house. They're the ones that try to figure out, um, how do I fit into these two worlds that once were one? How do I fit in my classroom? There were not a ton of divorced kids when this happened. Um, and my son was embarrassed. He didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to share it with anybody because he felt like he, he was so different. Um, and that's my fault. I put him in that situation. So when y'all think about, gosh, it sure would be nice to kick this man out of my house because he's leaving his socks everywhere. Think through the bigger picture of what that means. And so part of this is there is no reward in divorce. So if you're in a phase of your marriage right now where you're like, things would, unless there's emotional or physical abuse, if you feel like things would be so much easier if I was single, I mean, there's Bumble these days, there's all this amazing stuff. It is not You're in a phase where you think everything is good. And trust me, you're going to hit another phase when you're talking to this lawyers where you realize this is awful. What is happening is awful. Something I felt firmly about. And I stood in a church in front of God and said, we would fight through everything and you are not fighting. And so I implore everybody to just fight firmly for your marriage. And I know it's tough and I know it's ugly. If you think it looks better on the other side, pause because you're just in one phase of that entire process. And if you ever want to talk about what that full process looks like, I will be more than happy to talk to you. Um, For me, it was being patient beyond sense. And I've got one particularly feisty friend who's sitting in the back of the room. She's from Louisiana. 
um, who was like, you need, you need to be strong. I can't believe you're standing here. And her backbone of telling me be strong, be strong was so well-placed that I knew there was going to be a point where I had to just, it didn't make sense what I was doing. And I needed her strength to keep me going. But I also needed to know that like this time I just need to focus on the kids and focus on the long vision of what this needs to be like. So divorce is ugly. It's destructive. Um, and it's ultimately what the devil wants. So fight for it. So now my marriage is gone. I'm a divorced person in a community of families and I see everybody with their kids running around and it's how I grew up and it's what I value. Um, but all of a sudden I didn't have a plus one. So I didn't fit at people's dinner tables anymore. Um, if I go to a restaurant, half the time they say, are you waiting on your husband? Um, anytime it's just the three of us, people are just so used to a fourth that they constantly remind us. And so all I kept thinking was, uh, we are a broken home. We are broken. And there was just a separation that happened. And I know I did it to myself, but we would walk around for carnival. We'd walk around for PTO meetings or anything that happened at school. And I'd see all these families and I felt like I had a massive scarlet D on my chest. I felt like it was like divorce is the biggest failure of my life. It is the, it is to me, it defines um, a big part of who I am. And I felt like it was freaking neon on my chest that you failed at this. And there's all these families running around and nobody in this room ever made me feel that way. It's how I felt. And I think it was also a part of the devil who was making me weak. And I felt so weak at that time. I felt like I was crumbling. I was not the woman I thought I was. Um, I didn't fit. I didn't know how I was, who was going to be my social life. What was I going to do when y'all are with your families and rightfully so. Um, and I just wasn't sure what that path was going to look like. I had some amazing friends who supported me, but ultimately they need to be with their families. They can't be sitting with me, you know, pulling me up off the shower floor, trying not to cry where the kids would hear me. Like everybody has to go on with their lives. And so I need to get over it. And so this is what I heard was Psalm 27, 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. And so what I knew was if I just kind of sat and waited, something good was going to come of this. Um, so then I got the third choice that I heard. If God's going to make something good out of this, I need to either stop wallowing. I need to stop wallowing and do something. Um, I needed to make something good. So I decided that the kids and I did not have to be um, a broken home and we were going to return to just being a home. And we are three and we are so strong. We travel together. We have adventures together. Um, our bond is stronger than it's ever been. We have deep conversations that we never would have had before because of this experience. And I know my kids 10 times better. Um, but we experience a lot together and it makes us so much closer. I also started using my free time to figure out what my purpose was because I could not believe that this divorce happened without something, something good coming out of it. I grappled with that a long time is I know God doesn't want me to be divorced. So how, how does that, how does that work? What does that look like? What, what is that step um, and the only thing that I could come up with is I let divorce happen to my marriage. That was on me. 
And I could either do something good about it and figure out what he wanted me to do so that his light would shine through the big D. It would be more about God than about the divorce. And so that's the path I took. Um, We are all designed, like if you look at our DNA, we're 90% the same. In this room, we're 90% the same. And there's a 10% that makes us us. And that 10% is what God made you to make this world the place he wants. So that if you, um, if you're trying to be a hundred percent like somebody else, there's that 10% you're not fulfilling God's will. Um, so I decided that I was going to go figure out who that 10% was. I don't know how many people here have felt like they've lost their true selves of who they were, but I truly felt like I had lost who I was um, when I was younger, when I was just me, um, when I was kind of forming myself. So I just started trying things. It was my year of why not. So I traveled by myself. I volunteer. I went to First Light to try to, you know, I figured I don't need, there's no reason to spend the night in my own bed when I don't have the kids. We, that's an important thing to note. Six days out of every two weeks, I don't have my kids. So I've got to figure out how to fill that time um, in healthy ways. Um, I was doing free leadership training for nonprofits. I did a 26 mile Make-A-Wish Trailblazer hike. One of the best experiences of my life. If you guys ever see that um, recruitment for that, I'd always wanted a paddleboard. It's so stupid. I went and bought a damn paddleboard and it is like one of my favorite things to go do. I got another dog, probably not the smarter decision. Um, and then I started a business. Um, and really the point was, I just said yes to whatever the, my heart told me was me. Um, I think I had reshaped this world to be about my children and solely about my children. And I had forgotten about that 10% of me. And there is, you should focus on your children. That's what I've been saying, right? Like I chose to bring them in this world. I need to give everything to them, but the world that they need to live in will not be the Lord that God intended unless I let that 10% of me affect it. Does that make sense? Like I can't put everything into the kids because then I'm not shaping the world that they're supposed to live in. Um, so I feel like when you're doing something, God tells you in your heart that it's good. You like, you know, you feel, um, you feel when you're compromising yourself there, if you listen and you don't shove yourself down and shut yourself down, God will tell you when you're compromising. So today, um, I feel good. Like I'm busier than I've ever felt, but I also feel closer to God than I ever have in my life. There is no reward in divorce. Um, I don't want anybody to think that if you go through a divorce, you end up on the better side. I think it's a choice that you make from divorce. Um, So you can choose to take what you've learned and make the best of it, or you can let the devil have even more of you and have even more of the community. Um, Evil wants to take us down permanently. Like he wants us um, for good. And it's up to us to fight every day. So through my year of why not, I made the most random connections and I made a random connection that I never would have made had I not done that. Why not? And I started a new business and I feel like that's, that was my purpose. That's where I find peace. And that's where I find that I am, um, hopefully will have an effect on my community. So Bulo is the new business and it's, um, its purpose is meant to give the balance to women that they do not have. And it's from the balance that I felt like I lost. Um, The world, if you know any science stuff, again, the nerd part comes out every once in a while, is the world demands balance. 
Um, if you look at the universe, if you look at the way the trees grow, if you look at how oxygen spreads, the world demands balance. And I feel like if we, if we leave a side of us undone to where we as women are not balanced, um, this world is losing a lot. So I met Catherine randomly and we started below. And I feel like that was God telling me, um, you have a gift for business. I've always, I've only been good at one thing in my life and that's working. Um, and so I've got a gift for business. I've got a gift for IT and for product. And so if I can develop a product that can help women feel balanced and help women be amazing moms, but also fulfill their dreams in whatever way, whether it's being an artist, a singer, surely we can find you a place for that. Um, then I want to be a part of that. Um, so now I get to use my greatest failure as a gift. So if you remember early on, I talked about the labels I'd given myself, divorced mom, working mom, and single mom. And now... Like I look back and my labels have changed. How I how I think of myself has changed and I'm two years in. August was my second year of divorce. So my labels now are mom, business owner, champion for others, traveler, hiker, runner, but most importantly, God's soldier. So I still put on that armor of God every single day because there's still moments where we're Things can get combative. Um, when you are in a divorce situation, communication kind of falls apart, right? Like you're living through texts and emails and um, there's other families involved. And uh, so you always have to be equipped with that armor. It's almost like I keep it with my gym bag in the back seat. And so every day I might have to put it on and you never know when. Just make sure you carry it with you. Um and I feel like those labels are just, I just said, are the labels that he had in mind for me. When he built that Delphine, that 10% was those labels. Um, so romantic love is hard. Family love is hard. And God's love is incredibly hard. He loved me through all that. He also put me through two of the worst things I've ever been to in my life. The death of my father and the destruction of my family. Um, and that's hard love. But ultimately, so much good will come of it as long as I make that choice every day to do that. So Philippians 1.6, I might have been paraphrasing on this one. God is not a quitter. He finishes what he starts. And so he was not going to quit on shaping me. Um, and 1 Corinthians, he is faithful. So there was a <laughs> there was a band that like I would blast from Spotify nonstop, like constant rotation to the point that my daughter knows like every single word is like gouging his ears out. Um, but it's need to breathe. I don't know how many of you know that, but there's a song called Hard Love and I'm just going to read. I would listen to this um, nonstop trading punches with the heart of darkness, going to blows with a fear incarnate. Never gone until it's stripped stripped away. A part of you has got to die today. It's not enough just to feel the flame. You've got to burn your old self away. Hold on tight a little longer. What doesn't kill you is going to make you stronger. Get back up because it's a hard love and you can't change without a fallout. It's going to hurt, but don't you slow down. Get back up because it's a hard love. There's a reason that the road is long. It takes some time to make your courage strong. When the wolves come and hunt me down, I will face them all and I will stand my ground because there's a fire that's burning in me and they will see my strength in this love that I found. One thing that's always so interesting to us is doing follow-ups with our storytellers and hearing where they are today 
And because Delphine's story was recorded two and a half years ago, I did a quick follow-up with her to find out where she is today and what God's done, especially with her business, Bulo, because that name may ring a bell if any of you are regular listeners. They have been podcast sponsors in the past. And so here's my quick discussion with Delphine about where she is today and where God's brought her. Well, y'all, I'm so excited to tell you that right now I'm sitting down with Delphine because it's been two and a half years since she shared her story. And when we listened to the end of it, we she mentioned that she was just starting her company, Bulo. And as if you know, if you've been a listener to the podcast for a while, they have been podcast sponsors off and on since then. And I just thought how great it would be for her to come in and tell us what God's done since because a lot happens in two and a half years. So Delphine, have at it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot feels like an understatement when you're saying it, but yeah, a lot happened. And so back when I did that one, I was still having a great career and make, you know, have an actual salary and saving for retirement, you know, all the things that come with like a, a balanced, like peaceful career. And ultimately in 2019, I continuously, I went from Daxco to shipped, had a great experience there, but ultimately I'd wake up every night from 3.30 to, it was every night and I'd wake up and I'd be wide awake and I would focus on trying to get back to sleep. And then one time it hit me and I was like, you don't need to be trying to get back to sleep. You need to be trying to listen to why you're being woken up. Wasn't anything that I was doing. It wasn't that I'd had caffeine or anything crazy. It was that and it sounds so like it gives me a little bit of chills, which is weird saying it, but it was like, that was when God was trying to reach me. I'd had some sleep. Uh, it, there was only him. There was no distractions in life, which we all have so much going on. There was no distractions. And it was like, you have to do this. Like, I'm not letting you, you're not getting sleep back at 3 a.m. until you say I'm doing this. And so I went and I hopped in, I quit shipped. I had a talk with my kids about, hey, life's about to change. Like this salary changes, we're all making adjustments, but it's for this greater good. And I feel like God has told me to do this. And so having that conversation with them about that journey started, it has not been an easy journey, but ever since then, I can see his handprint in all of it. There was COVID hitting, you know, obviously people weren't hiring. It was a time where I put my head down. I was like, this is it. This is over. And the craziest contract came through. Just the oddest connection from somebody came through and it carried us through COVID. And then it was time to raise money. And so it's very difficult. If you're in technology, you know, it's very difficult to raise money as a solo founder. It's very difficult to raise money as a female. It's really difficult to raise money during COVID. And this incredible group of investors came together and believed in these women. They believed in moms. They knew that things had to change at companies. And, and so we raised our seed round half a million dollars based on people believing that women deserve this opportunity to keep a piece of themselves and also give all the love they can to their kids. And so that was an incredible experience, but it was all because I just finally started listening. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Funny how that happens. Funny how that happens when you start. And it was. And Robin, I know like, you know, my morning ebbs and flows. I really try hard to wake up and read scriptures, but then every day that the mornings that I don't, the mornings that I do, it feels like there's so many that come through in the tough times that are speaking directly to what I need that day. And it's just asking him to come into the room every morning and be a part of my day and a part of this journey. So would you tell really the heart behind what you do? Because I, I actually think it's really beneficial for, for yeah. women to hear it. 
Yeah. And so I'll say more about Bulo. I think when I first talked about it, it was still like it was a part of my story, but it wasn't as big of a part, obviously, as it is today. And our goal with Bulo is to help women stay in or return to the workforce by matching them with flexible job opportunities. And that can either be as a project, it can be temporary, it can be permanent and part-time and full-time. But the purpose of that was I'd met so many women along the way who had these amazing skills to give, but the current platforms that were out there wouldn't accommodate career gaps. And there really weren't a lot of companies offering flexibility because there was nobody championing them. And so I'd, I'd, I'd see a woman sitting next to me, had these amazing skills, really wanted to just give a piece kind of get that career back or get that feel that she had and couldn't find a way to do it. So that's why we built Bulo. We believe that we can become the career mobility platform for women, which is helping them find flexible roles, helping them understand maybe what their career should be, helping them know when to ask for a raise or ask for that special project and just be that wind at their back. Women leave work because they don't have flexible opportunities. They feel like their career is stagnant because once they become moms, a lot of people quit giving them those great projects and then they don't have the professional support. And so we really believe that we can change that so that we can grow our whole selves. Robin, I've loved hearing um, the update of Delphine. Going back to her story, you know, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was just this concept of relying on God first and foremost in your life, instead of putting, whether it's your husband or a friend (laughs) at the top of of your relationship priorities or (laughs) kids, you you know, her saying that she needed something bigger than herself to rely on, um, that just really struck home to me. Mm -hmm. And it really does release so much pressure off of your your relationships, Mm -hmm. your spouse, your friends, your kids, whoever you're pulling pulling from. Yeah, that was such a big point to me. She hit the nail on the head because she said, wherever there are cracks, darkness, i.e. Satan, darkness wants to find a way in. Mm -hmm. Yes, wherever you're seeing cracks, wherever you can say, I'm going to minimize the opportunity for anything to creep Mm -hmm. into this relationship. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, if you're keeping your eyes on focus, she kind of mentioned the TP. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think about yours and your spouse's relationship, y'all are each part of the TP, you've got to have God at the top of that. And and if you do that, then then there's a lot of good, like you're saying, keeping your eyes on the Lord as you grow closer together. Right. You know, going back to the cracks, I think one of the ways that is so subtle where the enemy can get in those cracks is by thinking the grass is greener on Mm -hmm. the other side, by looking at someone else's Mm -hmm. life and and envying what they have or thinking, oh, I mean, things are so hard mm-hmm. right now. I'd give anything to be in anyone else's mm-hmm. shoes. Have you ever heard the follow-up to the grass is greener because it's get, it gets water? It gets water. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when we're able to sit and where we are instead of daydreaming about where we could be and look up to the Lord, you know, I think, I don't know, something that I keep seeing this visual of is when you're in your own mess, you're just looking down all the time yeah. and you're just, you're, you're right in it. And when you look up, you can see what's in front of you and you can see the other side. But when you really look up, you see the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if this is Holy Spirit prompting me, mm-hmm. but I do think sometimes when we are just in a rut, whether it's, you know, in our marriage, especially, we tend to escape via social media. Yes. And that is where Satan just tries to tell you, look how happy they are. They've got it all together. They're doing this. They're doing that. And you're seeing this perfect reel of someone's life. That's really not a perfect picture of what's going on. And you start doing that comparison as well. You know, that's so interesting that you just said that right now, because 
several years ago when Delphine and I were going through her story, she made the comment to me that storytellers is the anti-social media. Oh, I love and that. that is so, we're taking off the masks. Because we're taking off the masks. <laughs> yes. And we're, we're talking about what's really happening in real life not what you see in pictures. That's so good. That's mm-hmm. right. And I think, you know, also for me in particular, when I feel that urge to go to social media, I have to check myself and say, okay, do I need to go to God's word first <laughs> before I go scrolling right. you know, through through that media reel? But, but, you know, one of the things I said at the very beginning of Delphine's story is she is a, an incredible teacher. And so we made a discovery guide out yes. of her story, which I'm really thrilled to bring to you guys. She has so many great scripture references and so many great truths about who God is. And so if you are interested in getting that discovery guide, it's a one-sheet Bible study that you can do by yourself or get a few friends and go through it as well. You can join our Patreon community at patreon.com forward slash STL community. Um, it's $5 a month, and that's just one thing that you get. Um, we have stories that are on there that are extra bonus stories. We have stories within the story on there as well. So a lot of really good things for you on there. And you're supporting our ministry. Yes. Goodness, we need that. So a quick shout out to all of you who have already joined. Thank you we are for supporting so us. thankful. Yes. Yeah. And through the end of this month, our goal is to hit 100 patrons to cover our monthly expenses of running a podcast. Yes. And, and we're so, almost there. We're almost there. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. And we would love for you to join today. And so if you missed the website, it's there's a link in the show notes. There's a link in our bio on Instagram and on Facebook. So it's we're all the places and even on our website, storytellerslab.org. So thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. <laughs>